Welcome to The Edge by MGR with your host, David Gill. Hey everybody, welcome to The Edge podcast. Your host, David Gill here. I hope everybody's having a great week. I know I certainly am. Today, we're going to talk about Twitter and how they can get their mojo back I did an episode about two weeks ago on how Netflix can get back to their mojo, back to their growth after their revenue stalled, and a lot of you guys liked that episode, so in the wake of Twitter's 30% share price drop over the past couple weeks, I've decided to give my analysis of what Twitter needs to do to grow both their revenue and their user base on today's episode. I uh, just want to mention real quick that if you are not frequently visiting mgredge.com, you are certainly missing out. We uh, upload a lot of stuff there. Probably five, four or five new articles are going up there every week, so be sure to check it out. Anyways, let's get into today's show. You ain't got no money, I ain't got no time. So the reason why Twitter's stock price dropped so dramatically last week, despite them having their actually most profitable quarter ever, they brought in about $100 million of earnings. Um, the reason is because their user base stayed flat. In fact, they actually went down a million, I believe 335 million to 334. So they lost a million. And that's partly because they've been banning millions of spam and fake accounts, and they're going to continue to do so, they've said. So this means if they don't start bringing in new real users, then their next quarterly report could hurt their stock even more. See, the way I kind of if have been looking at it twitter stock could easily drop another 50 percent over the next year and i know that sounds harsh but if they don't start growing their revenue and their user base it could happen because it's all based on valuation and before this 30 percent drop over the last month they were valued at over 75 times their profit 75 times p to e ratio uh, price to earnings and so that's so before, that was what they were before. Uh, the company's valuation dropped from 35 billion to 25 billion, which still values it right at around 50 times forward-looking earnings, which is very high for a non-growth companies. Non-growth companies typically are valued somewhere between 12 and like 25 on the high end i'd say that's that kind of range is the average think disney apple at&t companies like that not rapid growth companies companies that are just kind of uh doing well cash flow wise but they're not expected to grow 40 percent a year or anything like that like a lot of companies like netflix is the perfect example of what the one i was talking when i did an episode on them right they grow like 20 to 40 percent every year and that's why their valuation is so high because they're growing so much but because it's forward looking which is why twitter could drop another 50 percent if they don't get back to growth because all of a sudden that 75 times earnings 50 times earnings is not going to happen if they're growing if their if their user base is flat if their revenue is not growing that much they're not going to be getting 50 times earnings they're going to go down to 20 times earnings which is why they could lose another 50% off their stock price. So what can Twitter do? 
my analysis is going to be a little more on the advertiser side than the user growth side because obviously you know we're a marketing agency we deal with media buys all day long so that's what i'm much more familiar with but i'll give some input on the user side real quick before i talk about how they could make much more from advertisers i have a very good plan for an ad platform for their ad platform but uh Anyways, let me talk about the users first. Twitter's got a few major problems that hold the platform back as far as users go, and none of them are easy to fix, which is obviously why Twitter hasn't been able to fix them as of yet. The first of which is Twitter trolls and you know Twitter harassment. This is something that Twitter has been dealing with for a couple of years now, but they still have not quite solved it. Twitter has a lot of harassment and trolling largely due to the fact that you can be anonymous on Twitter unlike say Facebook where your account is tied to your personal identity so anything you say can be found in the future by your employer or your mother or anyone else not to say that Facebook isn't having its own problem with fake accounts it certainly is but it's it's a bit of a different problem than what Twitter's having um, on Twitter accounts don't have to be tied to real people so you get a lot more trolling on Twitter than you do on Facebook and other platforms. And to be honest, I don't really know how to fix this. Um, and I think maybe their new approach of just mass banning spam and troll accounts might be the right approach. You know, this is a problem every major social platform from Facebook to Reddit to Tumblr have all faced. Uh, I know Reddit was seriously dealing with this a few years back, and they ended up just banning millions of users and shutting down tons of popular subreddits, which are basically subreddits if you don't use Reddit or like uh, categories. So they would just shut down major sections of their website, and it, they kind of it was a rough patch, but they made it through. And maybe that's what Twitter's gonna have to do. Maybe Twitter's just gonna have to ban millions of trolls and spam accounts and hopefully get out of it uh, honestly this is one problem that i can't really comment on i don't have a real solution for them and i'm sure that if there was an easy solution they would have already implemented it so i'm just going to move on let's talk about new user onboarding so this is where Twitter needs to improve too. The great thing about Twitter is each user's experience is unique and curated by the user based on who they follow. So everyone's feed is different. But this is also a major hurdle for new users to jump over when you first join Twitter because you're not following anyone and your experience is not custom curated for you yet. So new users are not able to join Twitter and instantly see what makes it so great, what makes the platform so you know, addictive and fun. Uh, they have to work for it, right? You kind of have to work to build up that custom curated list. Twitter kind of combats this by recommending accounts to follow right off the bat, but those are mostly generic popular accounts and like media outlets and it's not really a custom curated experience it's just kind of like hey a lot of people follow these accounts so maybe you'll like them so how do you fix this well i think in a few ways um this is kind of i'm just gonna go on a little bit of a tangent here but this is kind of what i would do if i was twitter so when a new user joins they need to quickly access or i should say twitter needs to quickly access what this or not access assess what this person's interests are in order to figure out what content will keep them most engaged right they need to do it as fast as possible perhaps 
have a question when users join that is quite simply like, why do you want to join Twitter? Why did you join Twitter? And have, you know, kind of three pre-filled answers, right? You could say to connect with friends, to stay on top of what's happening, or to follow interesting people and topics. If they choose friends, which is what a lot of people use Twitter for, uh, then ask to just connect to their contact list so you can match your accounts and they can quickly find all their friends. That one's easy. If they choose what's happening, right, they want to stay up under the news, what's trending, all that then I would recommend different media outlets similar to how they do now and users who discuss news and trending topics. So kind of similar to what they have now. So that could say the same if they if they choose, you know, stay on top of what's happening, send them to what you already have. And then the third option um, to follow interesting people and topics, then you can prompt them with a list of topics and have them select what they're interested in. And then once you get the, that list of topics that they're interested in, recommend users and you know maybe media outlets who get high engagement rates and discuss those topics frequently. That's kind of the basic idea. I think just adding maybe a mini two-second questionnaire could really give Twitter some data and insight on their users that would allow them to much more quickly custom curate a feed for them because that's kind of the biggest hurdle for them right now. Now, I understand that there's some friction in, oh, uh, the second you download the app, now you have to answer questions about yourself. Yeah, but if you already did the process of signing up, I think answering like two questions about yourself is not going to be that much friction that would cause users to drop off. Now, of course, these questions are kind of just, you know, what I think, but I would do tons of split testing and trial and error to see what questions are best and what work and what allows Twitter to make the best user experience. These are just kind of what I thought might work, but you know, I wouldn't just go with these. I would do you know, uh, vigorous testing to see what's the best way to create a custom curated stream for each user very, very quickly. But that's I would take some type of questionnaire approach. I think that could work very well for onboarding new users. And then finally, the final prong of acquiring new users is content strategy. I think Twitter needs to use exclusive content to bring new users in, very similar to what a lot of other platforms do. Now, this is where things can get expensive, of course, uh, but if they're going to throw money at something, it should be this. They need to purchase the rights to some sporting events, maybe, and exclusively host them on Twitter, or maybe partner with some creators, influencers, and media companies to create exclusive content that's only available on Twitter. Something of that nature, exclusive, high-quality content that's only available on Twitter so that they can get new user signups. A lot of people, they can get people from YouTube and from Instagram and from Facebook to maybe try out and start a Twitter account. And then when they start the Twitter account, you have your new onboarding process that I already recommended, and then you can quickly curate. And obviously, if they're joining to watch that media outlet or watch that sporting event, you already kind of know what they're interested in. Okay, this person's willing to make a Twitter account just to watch this show or just to watch this game, this whatever, right? Then you can very quickly use your algorithms to recommend new users that they follow, new topics, etc., etc. So I think that could be the final prong of their strategy. I would nail the other things first, the Twitter trolls and the onboarding process before you worry about content, but the content it could be very effective if everything else is fixed at bringing in new users. All right, so those are all ways that they're going to spend money to improve the platform. Let's talk about making actual money, as in advertising dollars. This is where I have much more expertise. 
given that we run Facebook and Google campaigns all day long. And there's a reason why we don't give much thought to Twitter. Twitter's kind of an afterthought for a lot of us in the marketing world, right? It's kind of like, okay, if the client has a huge budget and we're kind of doing a lot on Google and Facebook, then maybe we'll put a little bit aside to Twitter. But it's kind of a, it's very much the, you know, redheaded stepchild in the Facebook, Google, email marketing, uh, all sorts of things that I would choose over Twitter right now. Um, and there's reasons for that. So the ad conversion tracking is weaker and the ROI is lower. Those are the two big reasons. The CPM, the cost per mail, which basically means the cost per thousand um, views on your ad on Twitter, which is what like Facebook charges by, um, it's actually pretty cheap. Um, it's only about $7 per thousand views, which is pretty good. It's very competitive. Facebook, for example, is about $11 uh, CPM. So Facebook is more expensive. But Twitter lacks the user data that Facebook and Google have that make them so valuable. Google obviously has user intent data, meaning, you know, the person, Google basically says, hey, this person is searching for hotels in San Francisco. Do you want to advertise to them, right? And Facebook is saying, has behavioral and demographic data that tell advertisers, hey, this person is really into muscle car pages on Facebook and they've been posting about wanting a new car. Do you want to advertise your dealership, right? If you have a Ford dealership and you sell Mustangs, do you want to advertise your Mustangs to them? That's basically what those two platforms offer. Both Facebook and Google have fantastic tracking mechanisms too for when the user leaves Facebook or leaves Google or goes to your website or whatever. They can still tell you whether or not they converted from certain ads. Twitter is very limited on those fronts, which is why advertisers have not flocked to them in the way that they have towards Facebook and Google. And really, there's no reason Twitter's behavioral tracking shouldn't be at or at least near the level of Facebook, but it's not. Facebook's algorithms are really good at analyzing behaviors, while Twitter's algorithms are probably mediocre at best. Twitter could easily gauge a person's interests and potential buying patterns, which is really what advertisers are looking for with the data. They want to see, understand users' buyer, buying patterns and then advertise them based on those buying patterns, right? They could easily do this by scanning their tweets, their retweets, and their likes, but for some reason they don't. Or uh, I should rephrase that. They do, but not nearly as effectively as Facebook does to people, right? Facebook sees what pages you visit, what pages you like, what posts you like, what you're posting about, and then uses all of that data to create a customer profile, essentially, and then allows advertisers to advertise against people with that customer profile. So if your customer profile is, oh, I'm probably going to be taking a vacation to San Francisco soon, right? Then hotels in San Francisco are going to be able to advertise against that person. Twitter doesn't really have that. And I don't understand why, because I'm sure that you could learn a lot about a person through their likes and tweets and retweets. I'm positive of it, right? But for some reason, Twitter's algorithms are just not as good as Facebook's when it comes to behavioral and demographic targeting, which is obviously a disadvantage. And, you know, advertising is very much a performance-driven business, and the platforms that bring the best ROI, the best return on investment, will always win. So when you combine 
poor off-site tracking as far as the conversions, knowing what ads work, what ads don't, etc., and then also mediocre targeting. It makes sense that Twitter's ad platform hasn't taken off in the way, in the way many people had hoped. The advantage that Twitter does have, though, is in real-time, in-the-moment advertising. And this is what my idea for their for a potential advertising platform for them or a, or a separate not separate but in a, a new fragment a new piece a new advertising platform within twitter that they could create that i think would be super valuable on because you know this is this is the advantage that twitter has right when something's happening in the world or something's trending twitter is the best real-time sharing platform it's better than facebook and instagram and other places for real time in the moment what's happening now and they need to capitalize on this they need to create a robust real-time and trending ad option they need to create a platform where businesses are easily able to see what's hot right now and let them quickly create ads that target those trending topics or hashtags and target the users that are tweeting about them or liking tweets in that trend or retweeting tweets in that trend. So for example, if I'm a beer company, right, and I see some festival or party that's going to happen tonight, I can directly advertise my beer to that group of people who are very likely to be drinking tonight. And the next step, really, this is where things could get really advanced and where Twitter could make a fantastic platform this is going to be much more difficult to build out but it's certainly possible the next step would be for twitter to create intelligent ads that don't require advertisers to actually sit there monitoring the trends right obviously it's it's very time consuming for me to be just sitting there oh okay what's trending let me see oh right no 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 no, no. they could create intelligent ads the advertisers right could set up some dynamic ad templates and then when twitter detects a trend Twitter's algorithms will automatically customize those ads specifically for that trend. So back to the beer example, right? If there's a festival tonight in LA, the beer company can have an ad set up for festivals and then whenever Twitter detects that there's a new festival, Twitter will fill in the blanks with the festival name and then maybe give a little discount code or something like that uh, and then have a selection of images and know which one is the best performing based on this demographic, based on uh, user data and past performance, and all these types of things, all, all these dynamic intelligent ads that it can mix and match all these things to create a really effective ad that is targeted specifically at people that are going to be buying beer for this festival and have those ads run. I mean, that's the type of that's the potential power of the Twitter platform. These are the types of things that you can kind of do already on Facebook. Facebook has dynamic ads, but Twitter could take it to a whole new level with real-time advertising. That's my idea. That's what, you know, I would do if I were Twitter. There's your billion-dollar idea, Twitter. Now go build it. And I can tell you that as an advertiser, I would absolutely use my that tool for my clients if you created something like that. And that's the real potential there. I think real in-the-moment advertising is something that Twitter is not capitalizing on that they could literally make billions of dollars from. So anyways, there you go. That's my idea. My final thoughts. Let's, let's, let's wrap this all up in summary. 
Twitter's come a long way over the past couple of years, right? And as a Twitter user, I want to see the platform succeed. I, I like Twitter, but I think there's certainly improvements that need to be made. And listen, they are profitable, which is, you know, at least something, especially for a lot of tech companies out there that are not profitable. But they could be doing and should be doing much more, making much more money than they are now. But it's going to take tactful execution to do so, to get to the point where they're making billions, not a hundred million, right? And they must do so at the risk of their valuation dropping 50% or more. I should say, like, if they don't do this, their their valuation, their stock price is going to drop another 50%. I can tell you this right now. So the opportunity is there for Twitter. You know, it's just time for them to reach out and grab it. Anyways, let's get into the news. It's time for the news. All right, so speaking of ad platforms, Facebook announced that advertisers will soon be able to run WhatsApp ads directly through the Facebook Business Manager. Uh, This is part of their strategy to be a one-stop ad marketplace for any business. They already have Facebook, Instagram, and Facebook Messenger all accessible through Business Manager, so adding WhatsApp kind of seems like the next logical step. WhatsApp does have 1.5 billion users, so there's certainly an opportunity there that has been so far untapped mostly from advertisers. So I will certainly look into WhatsApp ads myself. I know we've had seen a lot of success through mess, Facebook Messenger ads already. Uh, obviously, Facebook ads and Instagram ads too, but through Messenger, it's been very effective. So hopefully, you know, WhatsApp Messenger ads can be effective too. I'll be interested to see if we can translate that. But very interesting, and obviously, this is just Facebook adding another huge revenue stream to their already massive revenue stream, I'm sure. Uh, Apple also reported strong numbers this week that sent their stock up about 5% today. iPhone sales remained flat to the previous uh, iPhone generations or to the previous year, but that's actually impressive, not because of the total units sold. You say, what do you mean? They sold the same amount of phones. How is that impressive? They didn't grow. Because of the ASP, the average selling price, they were able to sell the same amount of phones despite the iPhone X costing $1,000 or more depending on the model. This proves that their customers are willing to pay a premium for a premium product, which was the main concern for investors and you know everyone when Apple first came out with the prices for the new iPhone X. They proved that they have lots of price elasticity, which is always what you want to see as an investor. And obviously, because of that, the stock jumped. They're very, very close to being a trillion-dollar company. I believe they're at about $960 billion in market cap. Uh, Amazon's close, but it's looking like, unless Amazon makes a major jump, that Apple will be the first trillion-dollar company in history. Mazel tov. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you did enjoy this episode, please share it with one person who you think would also enjoy it. Just one. That's all I ask. Not 10, not 20, just one. Anyways, thank you so much for listening, guys. Have a great day.